Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. to you from Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning Parareality Radio. Good evening, everybody. My name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your host for the next couple of hours tonight. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Oh, boy. Got a lot to say tonight, actually. Oh, there's my creepy clock starting off right at the beginning of the show. How about that? Can't beat that, can you? So, before I... uh get into to the show just let me tell you um i'm going to introduce my guest he's been on the show a couple of times before we've always traditionally i've always had him on in april for skeptics night and um i haven't been on the air for quite a while obviously and i'm going to get into that in just a few minutes but uh want to welcome my guest back to the show i think this is uh three times now this is uh Free time. This is uh, Mr. John Harrison here for uh, Skeptics Night for 2016. So welcome back to Parareality Radio, Mr. John Harrison. Thank you, Mr. Sandman. It is a pleasure as always. Oh, probably going to have to get you to speak up a little bit there. Okay. Uh, we'll, a little closer. Yeah. We'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll arrange things a little bit better here. Let's see. How's that? Uh, okay. I Do think that can work. Over? Okay. No. No. We're doing good. Okay, so we'll just uh, we'll just lean into the mic. How's how's that? Lean back. Lean it in. Yeah. So, welcome back to the show, Mr. John Harrison. Thank you. I think this uh, ties you for the uh, guest with the most appearance. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Um, I believe uh, Rick Hayes uh, probably uh, he's been on the show. Um, I think three times. Um, let's see, who else have I had on the show three times? I think I've had. Uh, one of our local um, guys here in the Nashville area, Mr. Tony Pratt, he's been on the show I think uh, three times. So you're you're tied three for three here. This is your third appearance here, Bear Reality Radio. So uh, it is an honor. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you agreeing to do this uh, one more time. Um, as I said just a second ago, uh, traditionally we've been doing this in april uh, as part of skeptics night and i always thought april was good because of you know april fool's day and everything like that mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't made sense to me in my in my way of thinking it made sense uh 
but uh, you've been a uh, not only have you been a been a, a, a great guest and and whenever traditionally we've had the skeptics night um, it's gotten pretty good reviews a lot of people have listened and downloaded the show so people like you as a guest and people like what we talk about here on skeptics night and you have been traditionally a good guest you have been uh, a loyal friend of the show and I really appreciate that um, last time we uh, we hung out together was uh, World UFO Day last year, 2015. That was interesting. That was, that was very, interesting. very interesting. Have you told your listeners about that? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the first show that I did when I came back from World UFO Day, I told them about that. That was um, not what we were expecting it to be. Um, and, you know, I... I've, checked to see if they were doing another one mm-hmm. uh, it was it, it, in case you did not know that was a complete disaster our, our my appearance at world ufo day and i thought it would be kind of great and ironic to have someone with me who was a skeptic yeah uh, such as yourself and you know, uh the, the people who asked the most interesting questions um happened to be the 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 kids who were playing in the gym? They asked the most questions. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> we were supposed to be. We were supposed to be um, in an outdoor venue, and then at the last minute, the 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 people that were putting it on decided they were going to make it uh, make it an indoor venue because of weather and the. It, it was supposed to rain and it never did rain so we mm-hmm. moved uh, the whole thing got moved inside to this gym and there was a crowd of kids playing basketball in the well, gym yeah, it was it was a day it was a daycare at the park or whatever it was and you know so they were doing day camp for that that day and of course all the kids were doing their their kid thing you know they're playing their yeah. games and running around and you got the counselors and the teachers doing their thing, and it's like all these little tables just got kind of put on the side of the gym. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was interesting. Yeah, it was. It was a com- complete disaster, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the food was really good. Memphis <laughs> is really good for food. Yeah, not the food at the festival. No, 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 <laughs> just no. The, just the food around Memphis. God, yeah. we made a freaking pigs out of ourselves but i i appreciate you um agreeing to go with me on that thing i know it wasn't like um the best uh time for you you know as far as uh how things were that um wasn't the best time for me either at least at least i had someone there to oh, enjoy the misery with <laughs> hey misery loves company and it was it, the trip was fun in and of itself yeah it was a chance to get away that's a so yeah, so that was like the last time that we kind of like uh, hung out together, and uh, I've been, um, how shall we say, kind of uh, on a little mini vacation ever since then. And before we get into Skeptics Night, I think I'm going to uh, just, I think I owe the listeners out there a little explanation about what's been going on with me and where where I've been doing. So my last show up until now was uh, back in September of 2015 and uh, 2015 and 
2016, that was going to be, those were going to be like the years for Periality Radio, man. I was getting my mojo back. I was thinking things were going to progress and I was going to maybe even do the show more than once a month. I was thinking about, man, I can probably do this thing like what I used to do, do it, do it twice a month. Because back in the, the heyday of Periality Radio, back when I was at my peak, I was doing two shows a month, so every other week. Uh, actually, that's a lie. Actually, at one point, for like two years, I was doing an episode a week. I had two shows. I was doing one back when I was with Life 365, and then I was doing that on the uh, was it the, the, the first and third Fridays of every month. And then I had a gig on a terrestrial radio station here in the Nashville, Tennessee area called WRFN, and I was doing my show on the second and fourth Fridays of the month. So every Friday I was doing an episode, a two-hour-long show, and if there just so happened to be one of those months I had like a fifth Friday in there, I had I had that week off. Mm-hmm. And I did that for like two or two and a half years. I think it was like two and a half years. And uh, I let the WRFN thing go. Um, was concentrating more on my Life 365 shows because as much as I loved doing WRFN, it was, man, it was a great experience. I didn't own the rights to my own program. WRFN owned that. That just doesn't feel good. No, it it, it didn't, um, which I, I can understand to a, a point where they're coming from with that, uh, but... Uh, Anyway, I didn't own the rights to those shows. Uh, everything that I did with the Life 365, I totally owned. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to go back to and stay with, you know, where I have basically control over my show. Now, they did not, uh, I, I'm not poo-pooing WRFN. They were great. They stayed. They were completely hands-off. Uh, they did not try to control my, my show. They didn't stick their hands in it, um, I didn't mess with it in any way. I, I was, I did what I wanted to do, um, but it just kind of stuck in my craw, you know, that I didn't own the rights to everything that I was doing. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go back and just, or I'm going to stay with Live 365, and and that's what I did. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, right? if you're yeah. putting your blood, sweat, and tears into something, you know, you want to be able to say, yes, I did this. No. And- this is what I do, and you control what you want to do with it. Exactly, and so that's kind of where I ended. Was uh, I did my Life three sixty five gig for five years, and uh, it came a time where I had to had to let something go. Um, I was at a, a busy point in my life, and I just couldn't couldn't fit it in, and it was uh, causing some personal issues. Yeah, and then the lawsuits happened. Uh, yeah. We can't talk about that. No, no, there's this still, we're still going to go to trial with a couple of those things. Um, so, I... I those those pull, charges pull. are completely bogus, by the it, way. Exactly, yes, I, I'm going to be completely exonerated. Um, I, quote-unquote, retired after doing it five years, and then I think I only stayed retired for a couple of years or so and, and I was like man I really miss it so I came back but in a much more subdued uh, tone uh, I was no longer with the Life 365 I went with uh, Spreaker who I'm still with 
and I was doing the show, you know, once a month, and that's how things have kind of been uh, up until last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I what started the downward spiral was I uh, my my studio. Sex addiction. Well, n- that's been going on for a long time. <laughs> that has uh, my my ass fetish is it's it's just part of who I am. Okay. Um, but seriously, um, what started the downward spiral from last year was that in my, my here in the the Perialty Radio Studio, the computer that I use, I made the mistake of upgrading to Windows Ten, that free upgrade, oh. and it fucked my computer all to hell. Um, and so I was reduced to doing the show from my dining room table. And I did like two or three. First of all, I got behind because I couldn't fix my com- my computer in my studio. And then I was trying to do these makeup shows to get back on schedule. And I was doing them from my my home, uh, in with my laptop in my dining room table, and it was working, working out okay. And uh, in the middle of all this. Um, I have uh, started back to college yet again, this time to get my master's degree, and I've been devoting a lot of time to school, which uh, I was doing the same damn thing whenever I was doing WRFN and Life 365. I was doing that and working and going to school. I don't know how the hell I managed to do it all. I was younger then, too. Yeah. Um, but So I was trying to devote some stuff to school. I was pissed off because I couldn't fix my computer. And I was reduced to doing it at the house with, uh, you know, my laptop, and I didn't have all of my stuff that I normally have, and I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling, and I was very, very pissed off, and I was getting behind, and I had finally figured out how I was getting my computer fixed. Everything was going to be great, and I, I, I got sick actually, uh, one year ago today. I got sick with laryngitis of of all things and i stayed sick with that for a little while it was like a couple of months that i couldn't get my voice back and for someone who does a talk show having laryngitis is not a good thing and i've been literally i have been sick with my voice for a whole year and that combined with school combined with my day job combined with my computer all screwing up and everything I just got so effing frustrated that I threw my hands up and said that's it I gotta I gotta take a step back and so I did and <clears throat> excuse me I didn't say anything to anybody it was just like oh where'd you go you're gone and so I kind of owe the fans an apology um, for that because I just kind of disappeared and I gave no updates on my website. I didn't send anything out on Twitter. I didn't um, put anything on Facebook. That's right, you're a bad announcer. You I, bad. Yeah, I, I really should have said something, and I just didn't. And uh, I do feel bad for it. And literally, really, I, my, it, my voice has been screwed up for a whole entire year. And... Uh, I 
went to the doctor a couple of times. Um, and the first time I went to the doctor, he was like, okay, we're going to try this treatment right here. And we're going to try that for a few months and see what happens. And we did it for six months and literally nothing, nothing changed. And <clears throat> I still was losing my voice, still had a very hoarse, raspy sounding voice, um, especially like towards the end of the day, the more I would talk, the more I would literally just lose my voice. Mm-hmm. So finally, I, 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 we try, I tried this treatment for six months, nothing, nothing, nothing worked at all, no, no change. So I went back to the doctor and said, this is not helping. I, I got to do something. And he was like, okay, well, before I refer you to an ENT guy and they stick a scope down your throat, let's try this other treatment here, this combo treatment thing of some antihistamines and and um, nasocort. Yeah, you know, uh, and that has cured me. I'm, I'm not 100% back like I was. Uh, but I'm like 97, 98% back, and I'll take that. Uh, so now I can I can actually have a voice to do a two-hour long show, whereas before, I, I, for the last like year, I literally could not. I mean, it was literally like on my birthday last year, I got laryngitis. Mm-hmm. And... Stayed sick basically with laryngitis for all, pretty much a whole year, wow. and for a guy that that talks on a radio show on a podcast, it, it doesn't doesn't help. No, so no. what so, you're saying to the world is you got your mojo back and it's time to get back in. I am back and I'm going to finish out this year. I'm going to do a, you know just one show a month from now to the end of the year. And then we're 2017. I'm going to really, hopefully, we're going to be. I'm going to be back for the whole year. Things are going to be good. I'm going to pick back up where I started See, or I left off at. Me, I should be thanking <laughs> you. I am seeing your return. That's right, baby. The return. Of the, the return game. of Sandman. That's right. So I really appreciate. What do you think of the uh, adult beverage I provided? I you, like this. Can we do an on-air semi-formal <laughs> announcement? The drink of the day is Bold cool. Rock Hard Cider. Which is pretty decent. IPA. IPA. Yeah. India pressed apples. India pressed <laughs> apples. Yes, I've actually had that, and it's not bad. And I'm, I'm not a drinker. I don't really. I'm a teetotaler. That's what I've got right here in my glass is tea. But <clears throat> hey, you know, you come be a guest on the show, and what happens? You, I, I take you into my home. I cook you dinner. I feed you, and then I take you here to the studio, and I provide you with adult beverages. Yeah. How can I say no? Exactly. Since <laughs> since I have no money to pay guests, <laughs> I have to feed them. So hey, if you want to be an in studio guest, that's is there's All you a have lot to of do perks. Is be hungry. Yeah, there's a lot of perks. If there's anyone listening right now that wants to be an in studio guest, hey, come on, I'll feed you and I'll provide you with adult beverages should you be over the age of twenty one. So it's not a it's not that bad of a gig. I don't no, think so. No. So before we get into everything, let me tell everybody how they can get in touch with with us here on the show. Now, right now, we are not doing this live. This is a pre-recorded show. However, should you want to get in touch with me here on the show, 
or should you want to get in touch with my guest, Mr. John Harrison, I'm not going to give you his email address or, in, or contact information. You're going to go through me, and I will forward your your request or question to him. So how can you get in touch with me here on Pair Reality Radio? There are a few different ways. First of all, you can always email me. And my email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can visit my Facebook page. Just look for Parareality Radio on Facebook. Or you can call the the studio line. The number to call is area code 615. Then dial 692-1170. That number to call, once again, is area code 615-692-1170. Those are all the different ways you can get in touch with me. Sandman at Parareality. Hit me up on Facebook, Periality Radio on Facebook, or call 615-692-1170. Just leave a message. Um, since I'm, I'm I'm back in the studio, back doing the show, you you may catch me. You can call 24-7-365. You may catch me. I may be there working on the show. Hell, I may be actually doing a show. Who knows? Or, you know, if I'm not there, you just leave a message. But be aware that if you do leave a message, that's giving me permission to play your message back on the air. So if you do not want it played back, if you don't want to hear yourself, you better tell me when you leave a message. Don't play this on the air because I just might. So those are the different ways you can get in touch with me here, Sandman here on Parareality Radio. Single ladies can get in touch with me anytime. (laughs) If you're only single when you're away from the house, that's okay too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just get in touch with me here and I will forward your information to all the single ladies. I'll forward it to Mr. John Harrison here, who is, uh, by the way, a scientist. That's right. He is a scientist. He's also in the medical profession, confirmed skeptic. Very much. And that's why he's here on Skeptics Night. Now, But that does not mean that I don't think that there is something else to this reality. Because there is. I just want there to be More, than, scientific more than somebody saying, oh, look, I saw something in the sky. Let's have a little interest. Well, yeah. Let's have a little facts. <laughs> Let's have a little evidence here. Let's have a little rational thought behind it. Because believe me, if we ever found anything like that, it would be big news. And it would be very important for all of us. So people may be wondering why I have a skeptic on a, sh- a show like this where we talk about all kind of weird and unusual things like UFOs and aliens and paranormal things like ghosts and demons and chemtrails. <coughs> Shut up. <coughs> Shut up. So I think it's healthy to get someone such as yourself who is a, you're a smart guy, let's face it. You have more than one college degree. You are a scientist, you have worked in both the medical fields and in the scientific areas and the sciences, science fields. And I think it's, it's I think it's healthy. I think it's great to have someone such as yourself to come on the show and let's talk about different viewpoints of these things. And besides that, um, you know, you can't 
just have one side to the story all the time. Because mm-hmm. people are used to hearing me and they're used to hearing my side of the story. And the way that I have always presented myself since day one is that I am an open-minded skeptic. I believe that there's things going on. Um, I'm very hesitant to believe these things. Uh, I want to see proof of them myself, but yet I'm probably a little bit more open-minded to it than you are. I have seen things. I have experienced things that I can't explain. Do I have proof of that? Not really, but I know what I saw. I know what I felt. I know what I was going through at the time. So I know that there's something. Can I prove it? No. Do I believe that there's strange things out there? Do we survive after death with our spirits or our souls or whatever, our energy? Yes, I think something does. Do I think there's extraterrestrial life? Yes, the universe is too big for the Earth to be the only form of intelligent life in the whole entire universe. Now, do I think that these people have come here and, you know, been kidnapping us for centuries and anally probing us? Eh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. So, and do I think, do I believe in chemtrails? Yes. No. Yes. They're real. Chemtrails are real. It's called a contrail. There's a difference. There is a difference, sir. There's a switch in the plane. (laughs) The chemtrail on switch. (laughs) The chemtrail on switch, exactly. Yes. So, anyway, that's why I like to have you on the show, is to get a different viewpoint, a a different opinion. You know, and a lot of people just don't seem to do that these days. It's like they turn off anything that they don't like to hear, and you get to trapped in a, an echo chamber where everybody is only hearing the things that you want to hear or the things yeah. that you believe and it self-reinforces and it closes your mind off to other opinions and other thoughts. Especially people who do shows like this because they want people guests on the show who specifically adhere to their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And one of the whole purposes uh, that people do this is to try to sway others to their viewpoint and I have never been like that Uh, like I said I've always presented myself as an open-minded skeptic and one of the things that I've always said is that I am presenting the evidence to you as the listener and I'm letting you make up your own mind as to whether you believe it or not if you don't believe it that's fine did you see did you see the thing about the man who was dissing NASA and Pluto because he was saying the entire New Horizons mission was an absolute fake no, I oh, haven't seen it. You saw that. No, 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 oh, I have I ha- I actually have not seen it. So. Oh, that was it the whole thing just made me want to rip out what was left of my hair. <laughs> wow. Oh, it, the, the, the level of inaity in that was just ridiculous. But you know that they found uh another planet or not another planet, another moon. Well, they do in our solar system. Some scientists do believe that they think that there is another planet out there, a large, say, like Neptune-sized planet. Nibiru. Nibiru. Or Nibiru, and depending on how you want to say it. Nibiru. And the reason that they think this is that they're looking at the skewed orbits of the other Kuiper Belt objects. Yeah. The fact that they're inclined 
at such an acute angle to the rest of the solar system. And not only not only inclination is wrong, but the orientation is so weird. And they're thinking, why are these bodies skewed off and at such a corkscrewy angle? The reason that they're thinking is that, well, there could be a third body influencing those other two. And they could be in a resonant harmony in their orbits with each other. So the indirect evidence for another planet is there, according to these... I, I cannot remember where they were from, whether they were from Caltech. I'll look it well, up. I can there, find out. There is actually um, just, I think it was just this week they've announced that, that Earth actually has a second moon. Did oh, you really? know this? Oh, really? Yes. It is a very small um, rock that orbits like the earth and the sun i believe is how it goes goes around mm-hmm. uh where at and it's kind of more of oh is this like one, a, a is this wobbly a trapped in the in one of the range points i'm not that intelligent to be able to speak like that but it 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 uh it's got a wobbly orbit whereas the moon orbits the earth in a circular pattern this is a wobbly, um, not quite elliptical, but very similar, very close to, to being an elliptical. But it goes around the Earth and the Sun. And it only comes around, I forgot how often, and it's so small that uh, scientists have just missed it. And they've just now discovered it. Uh, but they're calling it a, a, a second moon for the Earth. Uh, but it's not really a moon. Right. But right. that's what they're calling it. In the way that orbital mechanics works, and believe me, orbital mechanics is not my cup of tea. I'm not a physicist by any means. But there are balance points between two gravitational objects. Um, at least six of them, if I remember correctly. And they're called Lagrange points. Okay. And at those balance points between, say, like if you take these two objects right here, there could... In be- directly in between where the gravity balances out, that's one Lagrange point right here. Okay. Okay, and then you can have one on the opposite side, one leading, one trailing, and then one completely opposite of the orbital pair. All of those are points where the gravity c- kind of balances out, and it's kind of like a a place in space where the gravity tides are very weak and it's calm. And in those places, you can have uh, asteroids or meteors or whatnot that are get trapped there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the same thing as when you have a little ocean current where you have a dead space in it and just trash collects in the dead space. Right. Um, there's a couple of groups of asteroids. I believe they're called the Trojans. And they follow um, Jupiter and some of the range points around Jupiter. Those are kind of big and they're easy to see. Um, so possibly this report that you were referring to may have be talking about some asteroids that we're finding in the Earth's range points. Um, I do not know. I just skimmed over an article 
uh, a few days ago, I think probably like on Monday, uh, about it. And I didn't really, didn't have time to check into it much further. So I've told you basically everything that I know. So speaking of space and... Oh, it was Caltech. Okay. It was Caltech in January of this year. Okay. That were um, releasing evidence for a ninth planet based on the orbits of other... Or tenth, or tenth planet, if you still consider Pluto still, to be a planet. Well, I really don't consider Pluto to be a planet. I, I agree with their with the newer classification system that Pluto is more like a Kuiper Belt object than it is the rest of the other planets that we have, just because of the, the geography and the geology of Pluto that we've been able to discover with the New Horizons probe, and the fact that when we take Pluto away from the rest of the planets that opens up an entire new range of worlds out there that we've yet to discover because we're realizing that Pluto Sedna and um, Kualar if I'm remembering that name correctly are all planets of this new type which, which we're turning a dwarf planet which is basically a big rock Ice, lots of ice, a little bit of rock in there. We're still trying to figure it out because the information we got from the New Horizons probe from Pluto, it's absolutely mind-boggling. We have no idea how in the world Pluto is doing whatever it's doing. Well, welcome to uh, the world of the unexplained, buddy. Hey. That's what this show's all about. That's right. right. Yeah. So, like, like I was going to say, speaking of space and stuff like that, we've talked in past shows about you know the possibility of life on other planets and I think you and I are both pretty much of the same mindset that we we both think that there's life elsewhere yes whether it's as far advanced as we are less advanced further advanced whatever uh, with the possibility I think the possibility that there's all three is is huge um so I don't really want to rehash that because we've already talked about it. Um, and if you want to hear what we've talked about in the past, just look up here on Spreaker, look up Skeptis Night 2014, 2015, and you'll, you'll be able to, to listen to it. But what I want to ask you, being the big scientific brain brainiac here, uh, do you think that with the the new push to go to Mars and with them wanting to do that within the next several years, do you think that certainly it's not going to be within our lifetime, not with our generation, but maybe the generation after us, our, our children. Well, it depends on how crazy Elon Musk is. <laughs> do, you, do you think that our children, that generation, do you think that they're going to be the ones to discover life on other planets or do you think it's going to be something that's going to be even that much further out I certainly hope that it occurs before the end of this century I think there's a good shot of it um, I, I'm not completely privy to NASA's research budget and of course it could change at any time depending on how wacky our government is which is pretty freaking wacky right now 
Um, but no, if Congress doesn't fund money for our new Overlord's hair pieces come this November, there could be a good shot that within the next 10 years we could have a 10, 20 years, 25 years, we could have a Europa mission where we could send a probe to one of the one of the larger moons of Jupiter, Europa, that has an ice crust and we believe a very, very, very large ocean of liquid water underneath it, which any time that we have found on Earth anywhere that there's water, there's, there's life. life. Yeah. So there's a pretty decent shot of that. Um, specifically coming back to Mars, if we can find liquid water flowing on Mars, which we have good photographic evidence that says, yes, there is liquid water on Mars currently, then there's always a shot for life. Um, with Mars, I the best I understand it is that the, the chemistry on Mars is very hostile to organic proteins that we know of because of a chemical on Mars called perchlorates. Essentially it's a chlorine molecule and that just rips proteins to shreds because the chlorine gets in there and it causes the amino acids to alter their form and when you alter a protein's form you alter a protein's function and on Earth, it, it pretty much knocks everything out. Imagine an entire planet filled with Clorox. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty nasty. You're a very clean planet. So, would it necessarily be life like we're expecting it right here? Probably not. Would it be some type of bacterial life that may have evolved some type of enzyme to deal with this? Maybe. Um, so that's what you're thinking that... that we're going to discover is bacterial life, yes. microscopic life. Yes, but just simply because here on Earth, micro, microscopic life outweighs everything else living on Earth. I mean, right now on you, there are more on you and inside you, there are more bacteria cells than you have cells of your own body. So it just stands to reason if there's going to be any life it's going to be small and simple it's just easier um, another problem with Mars is the fact that it doesn't have a magnetic field and it doesn't have a thick atmosphere so it is subject to direct hard radiation from the Sun mm -hmm. because it can't deflect um, solar wind or solar storms and it doesn't have an ozone layer so it's bathed with ultraviolet radiation which both of those are sterilizing so as far as we understand it right now the surface of Mars is sterilized and made of dried Clorox so did you see that movie The Martian the Matt Damon movie no I did not you would enjoy that because um, it's very scientific I just was going to ask you how, how you know, realistic did you think it was? Because the, these astronauts stranded on Mars, and he basically um, 
grows potatoes, potatoes. Uh, in the Martian soil using boil them, fry them, stick them in the stew. <laughs> yeah, he uses uh, you know feces as a compost, so mm-hmm. he grows them out of his own shit. I, from what I understand about it, it's as realistic as it could be to actually serve a story. So it, pretty good. So you don't think that within the next 100 years, or by the end of this century, let's say, that we're going to find evidence of intelligent life on another planet? I don't think intelligent life is really what we should be looking for. I think that we should just be looking for life. Because if we find one more instance of life in our solar system, which is in the middle fuck of bumfuck Egypt nowhere Milky Way galaxy, then what does that tell you about the occurrence of life in the rest of the galaxy or in the rest of the universe? It ought to tell you that it's everywhere, or the potential for it is everywhere. If there's only two instances in our little neck of nowhere, that's pretty good. Just just the fact that there's life on this planet means that there's makes a case that there's life elsewhere as far as I'm concerned. I, well, not really. I mean, we could be the oddball out of all of it. Well, the planet is in the perfect location, you know, as far as distance from the sun. Everything on this planet is perfect for life. Well, perfect for our life. Okay, and it's not only because True that. we're in the perfect I'll, spot. Touche, sir. I'll give you that. We yeah. also had a perfect companion in in the gas giant Jupiter being able to deflect comets from our path, which could run into the Earth and just absolutely mess with everybody's day. Uh, we also had the fortuitousness to have our moon, um, which we believe was from an impact with a Mars-sized body right when the solar system was being formed, and now we have this giant moon, which is orbiting us and stabilizing our axial tilt. You know, so there's just a whole bunch of happy accidents. You know, the fact that we have a magnetic field to protect life from solar radiation, you know, hard radiation, not and we have a tectonic cycle which recycles nutrients you know there's compared to Venus which doesn't have tectonic cycle it's locked the crust is absolutely locked and frozen you know so there's a whole bunch of things which make Earth unique completely unique not I mean but we're discovering more and more stuff the further and further we look, you know, so each planet is unique in its own special way, but here we are, Earth, we've got all these facts which make Earth habitable for life or conducive to life, and the fact that we've got a stable axial tilt, we've got, you know, none of the nutrients are being completely locked up and locked away because they're cycling, and you know, we're not being bombarded with an asteroid every hundred million years and absolutely resetting the clock on everything. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And that's pretty special. 
It is pretty special. You know, so people who believe in God and who believe in a more evangelical strain of Christianity like to think that God did this specifically for us. And sometimes it's tempting mm-hmm. yeah, to wh- agree with that because of when you look at how special this place really is. Well, but it could also be just because we're specifically made to live here. Yeah. yeah. Which was kind of going to lead me into my next little question here. I'm glad you kind of opened the door up for that. By the way, I just want to say one little thing here. If there is a God and he made us in his image, why aren't we all invisible? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> so you made a very interesting point. Is Were we made to live here? So... You know from our past conversations and everything that uh, I am a Sitchinite. I am an ancient astronaut theorist, if if you will. Um, and I do believe that in the past we were visited by some superior, technologically, you know, advanced race from somewhere, extraterrestrials. And... I really do think that they probably took the life that was already here. They didn't make us, so to speak. They didn't create us. They took the Neanderthal or the Cro-Magnon or whichever one it was, probably Neanderthal, and they basically genetically manipulated it to get us where we're we're at today because mm-hmm. i mean even you will have to admit there is a huge jump in our evolutionary cycle that can't be explained i.e the missing link so to speak i think the missing link is more in our grasp the missing link is our inability to grasp and understand the evolutionary process as lay people because I don't think we're doing a good enough job in science education to really show what the evidence is. And I don't, and also, I don't think we do a very good job at explaining to the lay people that this is our best idea based on the evidence that we have. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes. You like my candle? I do. I do. It's uh, what's what's the flavor? What it was? It what is it? Uh, kind of spicy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's something spice. Yeah, black pepper. Yeah. Yeah. You can see, you know, for example, you can watch a show on the Discovery Channel like that, and they say, "Oh, this is this, and that is that, and this is this, and that is that." And they generally don't do a very good job of explaining, well, this is this way we believe because X, Y, Z. Because that doesn't make for a lot of good drama on TV (laughs) when somebody has, you know, an attention span of a fruit fly. Yeah. 
and you know one good show that did some background on this was the walking the dinosaurs um yeah good show good show because you know they would dramatize if that's a word dramatize yes i believe believe you're correct they would dramatize a a scene with you know this dinosaur living in this environment with these other animals and having to survive and do what dinosaurs do and then when the commercial break happened there would be a little vignette or a little snippet where it would say you know this animal lived blah 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 years ago and we believe that it lived in this environment based upon this type of rock and that type of rock and that type of rock and lay people don't get to see that but when you're in class and you're learning about it you learn about the entirety of the idea and we just we don't really explain that and why is that is it because that we're having to pander to a television audience or whatever audience and we're having to just say okay we just need to get this out here because you know they're going to get bored and go away or anything like that or but if we're doing that aren't we doing a disservice by not explaining the background of it or are we just assuming that everybody has a background and they understand this I don't think that anybody would say that those show producers are assuming that everyone's going to understand that I, I think it has to do with with attention span and trying to keep things as interesting and controversial as I can and keep it entertaining mm-hmm. in a very short time frame. Because let, let's face it, you could have, you know, this this whole walking with dinosaurs thing was it was a mini series and each episode was like what two hours long. Yeah. You could spend an hour out of each episode explaining why we think the Tyrannosaurus Rex was a meat eater, a carnivore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's plenty of evidence to the contrary that says he might have been a scavenger. Exactly. You know, but people aren't, you're not going to sit down, you're not going to get the general population to sit down and watch an hour on an explanation for that. Well, I would. <laughs> but, you know. Right. That's, that's why you're not going to get to enjoy the population. But the reason that I brought that up is about the, genetic manipulation with the ancient astronauts or the ancient aliens is because I happen to know that you are a fan of the show Ancient Aliens. Correct? Yes. yes. It, it, okay. It, it is my guilty pleasure. Why is a skeptic a fan of a show like that? Because it's such a cool idea. I mean, it's... Aha! We have a breakthrough. It's such a cool idea. You're being converted. Slowly but, but surely. But at the same time, you can you can apply the same argument to aliens coming down and manipulating humanity. You know, aliens did mm-hmm. it. As it's the same argument as aliens made the pyramids. You know, the, oh, this is so complex. This is so amazing. Certainly, we couldn't have done it. We had to have aliens come and do it. Well, it, it's the same argument, you know, and no, humans pretty much made the pyramids, except that we were really crafty and used our resources efficiently and just worked yeah, humans, really hard. Humans made the pyramids at the uh, at the 
instructions to the aliens. Right, so. yeah, because they were landing, landing towards her giant pyramid spaceships from Stargate. <laughs> Daniel Jackson was right. But it, it's it's the same argument. I mean, it it devalues it devalues us, and well, I think we're pretty amazing. As a species, as a as a species, yes, we are very amazing. I think you're right. We're capable of doing more than what um, a lot of people give us credit for. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it also the idea also elevates us. And sometimes I think people like to think of them as being a little higher or a little better than others. But I don't know. When you spend some time with animals and you think, God, you know, this animal is pretty intelligent. Or if you take some time to think about psychology and you're trying to understand how the mind works and how it's... I think my dog is self-aware for sure. Yeah. You see that, well, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I see us as being part of the web of life that's on this planet, not separate from it. And I see too many similarities of us versus other life on this planet to think that we were specially taken up and messed with by aliens. You know, we we don't have to have aliens to get us to where we're at. But it's more fun to think that. But it is really fun. Yes. <laughs> But I, you makes know, an awesome story. Makes an awesome show. Yeah. I mean, they're in their tenth season. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that a show like that would be on for ten seasons? Because you know, their first season was like I think just like four or six two-hour episodes. Do you remember back when they when they first had yeah. when they first came on? It was two hours each episode, two hours long. Wow, and they only did—I think it was six of them—and they had no idea. Uh, Sukulos was, of course, you know, he is the ancient alien guy. You know, it's kind of like his show. I'm doing mm. the, the air quotes. It's kind of like his show, you know. Um, but he's like a was a consulting producer or something like that on the first uh, for the first season, and they they are however it worked out but anyway I, I heard an interview with him and he said you know they just did someone contacted him about hey would you like to do this little this show you know about the ancient alien theory so he was like sure and they did you know the six episodes the one thing and they didn't think they were ever going to have any you know just do the little it's like a mini series type deal mm -hmm. never have anything to do with it again you know and it was such a huge success that they brought it you know brought it back for season two Mm -hmm. And then season two was such a hit, and then they went, oh, well, let's do season three, and it's just it's on and on and on. I think it's not going to last much more beyond the the ten seasons. Well, they're kind of running we'll out see. of things to say. Look, this, you, this is ancient alien evidence. And yeah, you can you can only do you know so much before you start rehashing yeah. the same things over and over again. And if you if you'll notice over the ten seasons. Now, Sucralose isn't on every episode. Have you noticed this? Yes. You know why he's not in every episode? Uh, no. Because those theories that he doesn't subscribe to or believe in, he will not participate in those shows. 
Really? Really. So even though us ancient astronaut theorists are out there with our beliefs, we don't necessarily believe every ancient astronaut theory that's mm-hmm. out there. Well, yeah, because some of them do yes. sort of contradict themselves. There are some kind of theories out there that are way out. Yes. Um, but yeah, Sukulos doesn't... Uh, the, the ones that he's like, eh, I know I can't go there. You know, he he just doesn't appear on the show, mm-hmm. which I I gotta I gotta commend him for that. And even uh, Eric von Daniken, who is considered to be the godfather of the ancient astronaut theory, because he wrote chariots because of chariots of the gods, even he doesn't subscribe to all of the ancient astronaut theories. Mm-hmm. And he he even admits that some of his early theories were completely wrong. Yeah. So, you know, while these guys are, the, the majority of them, are super weird, I think that they are also, uh, a lot of them will draw that line in the sand. It's like, I know I have some weird shit, but I can't cross this line over yeah. to your weird shit beliefs. I can't, I can't do it. So I will give those guys, you know, kudos on that. Um. By the way, major announcement while we're talking about the ancient uh, aliens uh, show. Um, you know, they're having Alien Con, the first ever Alien Con, in October of this year. Where at? Uh, Santa Clara, California. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Pure Reality Radio will be at Alien Con. Major announcement. Ooh. I will be there at Alien Con. And if. I am able to do some sort of live remote broadcast. I am going to do it. It's right next to Silicon Valley and San Francisco. I have been to San Diego. I ha- that's the only place in Cali that I've ever been. So I'm it's another city. San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to see there a lot. Uh, or I didn't get to experience it a lot. I was uh, there for a convention mm-hmm. for... Uh, my day job and so I just got to I was only there for just a, a couple of days and the only place I got to go was the gas lamp district mm-hmm. and, uh, I did like it beautiful yeah, very yeah my hotel was uh, right in the bay area I had a, had a great view of the bay and everything it was, it was great um, but yeah I'm going to be Pair Reality Radio is going to be representing at, uh, at AlienCon Sukalos will be there. I'm going to have my Team Sukalos shirt on. Yes. I'm going to make up a Team Sukalos shirt, and I'm going to wear it. There's only going to be one member of the team, but <laughs> no. No. I'll have you can be there in spirit. You okay. should go. Okay. You should go. You should prostitute yourself out. I could do that and go. I could do that. Yeah. Listeners, we need your help. <laughs> Send John Harrison. <laughs> To AlienCon with Periality Radio. We're going to set up a GoFundMe page. You two can donate. We only need what? How much money do you think it'll take you to get there? Uh, $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's all we need. It's two grand to get John Harrison there. That'll buy him a plane ticket to and from and a hotel. You can you can bunk with me and we'll split everything. All two right. grand should be plenty. I can just meet Sukhlos and say, all right, lay it on me. <laughs> That just bring, uh, just bring it. I want to hear. You this. know, there's a whole bunch of stuff I could say about that particular comment. Now that I'm going to keep completely to myself, 
because it's not that kind of yes, show. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet, exactly. Well, we are, whew, we're right at, oh, there it, it is. is the There's hour. the creepy clock. We're right at the top of the hour. So uh, it is time to take a break. And I'm going to play Poquito Musico for you guys. And uh, Mr. Harrison and I will take a break, let you listen to a little music. We'll be back in a few minutes.
Hello, everybody. This is Sandman. I want to thank you for listening to Parareality Radio, and I'd like to invite you to check out my side project. It's called Set It Off. It's a half-hour-long show where I vent my frustrations about anything from politics, religion, pop culture, and celebrities, to rude people, stupid people, or that guy who drives too slow in the fast lane. It can be just about anything that, well, sets me off. It can only be heard on Spreaker and on Facebook. Just go to Spreaker.com and search for Set It Off. Or listen to it on my Facebook page, which is Sandman.Parareality. There's no set schedule for the show because it's completely random. So check for new episodes often. Remember, it's called Set It Off, and you never know what I'm going to say next. Do you want to get in touch with the show? Got a comment about tonight's episode? Maybe you've got an idea for a topic for a future episode. Email me, sandman at parareality.com. Leave a message on the studio line at 615-692-1170. Listen to new episodes of Parareality Radio the first Monday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time online at parareality.com. Turn on, tune in, and find out. back. Uh, I just realized that commercial that I played was a little bit wrong because it says uh, new episodes can be heard on the first Monday of every month. I have changed that. We're going to have new episodes on the first Friday of every month. Same time, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Turn on tuning to find out. Okay, so when we left at the, the break at the top of the hour, we were talking about ancient aliens, the ancient alien theory, and alien con and stuff like that. So I, I wanna wanna switch gears here. By the way, before we switch gears, I just I just have to do this a one. Souvenir, at least. I, yeah, I will I will get you something. I will, the, the, you know, the, the little gold flyer pin. Oh, dude! If they have those, I want the. The one with the, you know, sometimes he wears one that has a little man with the wings type look, looking thing on it. I oh, want to get really? that one. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So I'll get you the flyer. I'll have the wing. Yeah. The guy with the little guy with the wings. Maybe maybe your souvenir will be a picture of me with Sucralos, huh? <laughs> Signed. Signed Sign by both of us. Right. <laughs> Autographed, baby. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, before we switch gears and everything, I, I do want to just promote that one more time. Not Alien Con. I'm not promoting Alien Con. I'm promoting the fact that I am going to Alien Con. Parareality Radio will be there, and if I can figure out how to do some sort of live broadcast, I will do it. I don't know how. Well, actually, I do know how I can do it. I can commando it. I can do it. Oh, yeah. I can commando it. <laughs> that might get you some attention that you don't want. No, 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 not not that kind of commando. I can do a live broadcast. I can do a live remote from my phone. It can be done. I, I can do it. But what I want to do is I want to I want to I want to interview somebody, not on my freaking phone 
commando style. I mean, I want to do a remote broadcast, like a, a true remote broadcast, like something like we were supposed to be able to do yeah. at uh, World UFO Day last year, that freaking disaster and the people. God, that pissed me off to no end. That really Ugh. ticked me off. On that little scatterbrain girl. Yes, because we were supposed to do a live broadcast from World UFO Day in Memphis and... We had, I had advertised it. I had, uh, I had talked to people who were attendees there. We were having guests that were supposed to be there. And the stupid bitch that was in charge of it had no clue what she was doing. She totally screwed everything up. And we wound up not being able to do our broadcast mm-hmm. live. Actually, we could have if we'd have wanted to wait like two hours after we were supposed to go on. And I was right, so mad at that point in time. I was just like, screw it. Like show a movie in the room that we were going to do the interview in. Well, we, we had they had set us up in this room to to do the broadcast, and I set up all the equipment, you know. And so it was sitting there all day. all day. Oh. It was sitting there all day, and nobody messed with it. That's a, that really shocked the hell out of me too. But yeah, I had the equipment. Everything was all set up, and then because. Um, I had hell. We look more official than the people who were doing. Oh my god! Tell me about it. So I had I had a I can't remember the stupid bitch's name, but I I had it all arranged through her that you know we were going to do this. She was all for it. She said, "Oh yeah, there's uh, there's internet there. You know, it's, you can get the Wi-Fi password and you can use except the internet and like except password. that no one bothered to get get the freaking Wi-Fi password. Yeah. So we were going to have to get." We finally figured out we were going to just steal. Luckily, the room we were in had computers in it, and they were all hooked up with the Ethernet cable. So we were just going to steal the Ethernet cable yes. and plug it into my computer. Yes. So we were all set to go. Three o'clock, we were going to do a one-hour live remote broadcast. Had it advertised, had guests lined up, and she had freaking people in the room we were supposed to use. There was an interview going on, and then they were going to show a movie in the middle of all this, and she wanted us to wait until all this, all this was over with, until about, what, 4.30 or yeah. 5 o'clock yeah. or something like that. And I was just so freaking steamed off about that, that about, what what I, I waited like 30 minutes, and I was like, fuck this, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of them doing all their stuff in there, we were making all this noise, packing up our shit, and we just left, and I was so mad. I was like, I'm never going back. I'm never, never going to do it again. No, no. And she's not doing it again this year. Probably no. because it was such a freaking disaster last year. She didn't know what the hell was, was going on. That was just, that was sad. If there had been some different person this year that was doing it in Memphis, I would totally have entertained the idea mm-hmm. of going back. But, yeah. Anyway, World UFO Days, July 2nd, everybody. That's just right around the corner. So, happy early World UFO Day. But anyway, I I want to do a remote from AlienCon. You should. You should. Uh, I I I'm probably going to do something very similar to what we were trying to do at World UFO Day, which is where I find some people, some attendees, and I'm like, hey, you want to be on the podcast? And I have them come to the hotel room, and we and I do a remote from the hotel room. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably be best. I am going to do a live. Uh, I'm going to do a live commando thing because I've got an app on my phone that I can do it with. And it'll just look like I'm talking on the phone, dude. I'm going to do it. 
I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm gonna do a commando broadcast. Just, just, just get your Bluetooth right there. <laughs> I should get one. Get a Bluetooth. But yeah, I'm to, I'm totally I'm totally doing it. Totally doing it. Awesome. Yes. As a matter of fact, this gives me an idea. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. So anyway, yeah, Parareality Radio is going to be at Alien Con in October. And if you uh, are listening to the show, if you're a fan of the show, if you just happen to stumble across this episode or something, and you're going to be at Alien Con, and you want to be on the podcast, let me know. Drop me a, an email, sandman at parareality.com. It's the quickest and easiest way to get in touch with me. Call the studio line, 615-692-1170. So, okay. The remainder of the show... We're switching gears. Something that we haven't really talked a lot about in our last couple of of uh, Skeptics Nights. And by the way, you know that for the foreseeable future, Skeptics Night, you're going to have to come back once a year, right? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. And I, I know when I asked you to come back this year, you're like, well, well what are we going to talk about? The same old stuff? We're going to rehash the same old stuff? And I'm like, No. But I didn't know what we were going to talk about at that time. <laughs> but I was like, well, well, no, we're not going to talk about the same old stuff. We're of going, course we're not. Going, we're, going, we're going to talk about new stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're yeah, going to talk about new stuff. stuff. But one thing that we really have never talked about a lot, except for the chemtrail thing, mm-hmm. but we haven't really talked about conspiracy theories. So are you a big-time conspiracy theorist? Do you have any conspiracy theories that you believe in or do you think for the most part all conspiracy theories are bunk Donald Trump is running a false flag campaign for oh, Hillary God. Clinton yeah <laughs> okay so do it you it makes th- perfect sense how can somebody so fucking moronic be doing this he's not a moron dude he's a super genius and I'll tell you why I think this first of all I'm I'm, I'm not like I'm not a fan of either one of our presidential, yeah, our potential both presidential candidates right now. Both not of them have not a fan. But Put it I think that Trump is actually a super genius, and here's why. He's a super ego. Well, yeah, of course. But I think that he's 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 playing this very smart. All he's doing is just voicing the opinion of the majority of Americans, because the majority of Americans think about this now. They feel exactly what he's saying. Well, be careful when you say majority of Americans because you're saying that the majority of Republicans that voted in the primary... That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying what I mean. I think the majority of Americans feel what he's saying. Whether they're willing to voice that or not... He is the voice of the silent majority. People are feeling this way, but they're not voicing their opinion because it's not politically correct. And I think that he is giving a voice to that unpolitical correctness. Well, I I certainly agree with you to a point that Donald Trump represents America giving the middle finger to Washington, D.C. Because... Not just Washington D.C. Illegal immigrants, freaking Muslims, 
you know, it's it's the majority. I think the majority of the people really do feel like what he's saying. Now, you're not going to get the majority of the people to come out and say that they feel that way because it's not politically correct. But those that are willing to to you know let jump on the bandwagon with this, you know, I, well, I'm a little reluctant to lump on the Latinos and the Muslims just because somebody isn't ragging on the Scottish doesn't mean that we all didn't come from somewhere else unless we were Native Americans. So I'm not going to go to those issues quite per se. But yes, I would certainly agree that Americans would be frustrated with the political system that we have right now that's essentially been ineffective for the last decade. And we're tired of it. And, you know, having somebody from the outside and someone who's bombastic and someone who says, yes, we're going to do it, you know, is is appealing. At, At the same time, Bernie Sanders essentially said the same sentiment, in my opinion, and was able to garner quite a majority of votes on the Democratic side. you know, Not enough. Not enough. Well, I if it wasn't counting for the superdelegates that Clinton racked up, I think he could have had a shot. Yeah, maybe so. But I don't want to turn this into a political show. Although that's that not, would really be fun. Yeah, this this is this not what this, this is, is about. This is not parareality. Yeah. Well, I don't not know. Not parapolitical <laughs> radio. <laughs> I don't know if politics around here have been pretty para-reality, that's for damn but, sure. I mean, seriously, do do you really, speaking, we're talking about conspiracy theories here, so do you really think that that Trump is doing some sort of false flag campaign for Hillary? Really? It, 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 it's certainly possible. I mean, how the absolute boneheaded things that he has done which any person who would be politically minded would have known that, um, no, you probably shouldn't do this. What he has done, and it's, I, I'm just befuddled. But, by it but all. you know what would be totally effed up, though, if he is running a false flag campaign for Hillary and then winds up getting elected? I don't think then what? I don't think he'll get elected. I think that what he's going to do, being the egomaniac that he is, I think he's going to go into the convention, and the RNC is going to boot him out because he's so bad. I think Trump is being bad specifically on purpose so that he wants to get kicked out, and then he can say, "See, they kicked me out." You know, they're just a bunch of nannies. You know, they can't handle it. You know, these are the corrupt people. He's, I think he is setting himself up for failure so that he can get out scot-free without quitting. We'll see in a few months. We'll see. Yeah, Yeah, next month. We'll see what happens. Oh, it is next month. Yeah, that's right. So, but in all seriousness here, do you really subscribe to any... um, conspiracy theories or you just kind of think they're all kind of just you know bunk as I was saying earlier um the conspiracy theories that you don't know about are probably the real ones <laughs> how's 
was that? <laughs> Speaking of political correctness, ladies and gentlemen, there it is at its finest. The, the conspiracies that you don't know about are the real ones. And that does it for the show. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> well, okay. the more bizarre ones, you know, that just absolute fly in the face of common sense, of course, those are probably just absolute bunk. Um, like I was like I was alluding to earlier in the show, there was a there was a, a YouTube nut that you know was promoting video evidence of why the New Horizons mission was absolutely being faked by NASA. It's like, come on, dude! Like the moon really? landing, each and every moon landing was faked by yeah, NASA. The moon landings were faked. The Earth and is the flat stars too. Were faked and you know everything in there is a reflection. Va- oh, come on, you know. Why? Why would they even want to do something like that? You know, it, it's it, it just makes my know. brain hurt. Um, but are there conspiracies out there? Well, yeah. You know, anytime that someone is in power, and anytime someone wants to control this or that or the other for their own benefit, and if they want to do it secret, by definition, that's a conspiracy. So, just like you could have, just this past few months, you've had a Silicon Valley billionaire run a secret lawsuit campaign against a disreputable internet media company to try and bury them, and he did it in secret, yeah, that's a conspiracy. And what I'm referring to is I'm referring to the, uh, I can't remember the name of the person, it's Peter Thiel, I believe it was, that was financing not only Hulk Hogan's, but allegedly some other people's lawsuits against uh, the Gawker Gawker Media website. We know they filed for bankruptcy after the Hogan thing. Yeah, and the... Yep, Hogan won, and not only did he won, but he won won a stupid amount because... They got a Florida court of grannies to say, "Yeah, that Gawker Media place is bad," and you know, well, and well, <laughs> you know, still, they're still reporting news. Hey, you know, I don't think he deserved the hundred and something million dollars no. that that he got awarded, but did he deserve to get paid for what he went through? No, I think he did because he got screwed over, and not in a good way. He got screwed over. Anyway, we'll agree to disagree on that. But is that a conspiracy? Yeah. You know, it's a conspiracy by somebody in power with a hell of a lot of money saying, okay, I'm going to take you to court until you run out of money, and then you have to capitulate. And he's doing it in secret by fronting other people. You know, so he's moving pawns for his game plan. That's a conspiracy. Yeah, it is. So That's true. Do conspiracies exist? Absolutely. And well, yeah. I mean, of course they do. Purpose and particularly, I think conspiracies are in the purview of people with power who don't want to be seen. Specific, okay, so specifically with people with lots of money. All right. So let me throw a couple of conspiracy theories out here. See what you think about them. We'll talk about that. Oh, by the way. What is uh, this hour's adult beverage of yes. choice that I have provided for you? Tell everyone at home. This hour's broadcast <laughs> is brought to you by Small Town Breweries, not your father's root beer. 
ale with the taste of spices. Mm. Mm. Did you hear about the, uh, was I think it was TGI Friday's waitress that provided the kids with the not your father's root beer, root beer? Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yep. I think she got fired. <laughs> She's a dumbass. Why. She's a dumbass. She deserved to be fired. So, okay. It root beer right here. <laughs> it does say root beer. But it also it's says really alcohol. <laughs> I don't see it. Look. Where? Oh, you know, in the small print. Government warning. Oh, hell, that's like most soda pops nowadays. They all mm-hmm. have a government warning. Yeah, everything should have a government warning. So let me throw a couple of conspiracies theories out here, and we'll talk about them and see what you think. Okay. Do you think Adolf Hitler survived World War II and lived his life out in relative safety and quietness in Argentina. Is it possible? I didn't ask if it was possible. Of course it was possible. Uh, well, yeah, of course it's possible. I, You know, I just don't know enough about it. I honestly don't know enough about it. Um, I'm not an expert on World War II. Although there's lots and lots and lots of interesting things about World War II that we haven't covered, which I think would be great fodder for you for some future episodes. Say, for example, the rape of Nanking or the things that Japanese did in China during late World War II. Oh, yeah, with their freaking human experiments. Yes. Yeah. That's that's rife for research, and you could do hours and hours and hours on that. Yeah. Um... I just don't honestly know enough. What would... Why would Russia... Well, of course, why would Stalinist Russia lie? That's a stupid question. Yeah, come on, dude. (laughs) Gee, let me tell you about this one. Um, Well, you know, I'm not a expert on World War II. I am... An, an amateur expert on Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party, though. Mm-hmm. When I say amateur expert, it's like, what the hell does that mean? I don't can. I'm not like. I haven't written a book on it. I don't teach it in college or anything like that. But I have studied Hitler and the Nazi Germany, the Nazis, a lot because I'm absolutely freaking. Ever since I was a kid, have been fascinated with this, mm-hmm. and. um I used to think that there is absolutely no way Hitler made it out of that bunker alive. There were too many people in the bunker. There was one witness, I think it was his uh, chauffeur, who said that he saw the body, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's just too much circumstantial evidence that said that he died. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I did uh, a. Uh, what I call summer series. Uh, every summer I would do a, except for this summer, it's not going to work out this summer, but the, the last couple of summers I've done what I call a summer series where I'll take a, a series, of, a, a topic, and I'll just have a series of shows about them. And a couple of years ago I did uh, my summer series on the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And I I really used to think that Hitler, like I said, died. I shot himself bit down the cyanide capsule at the same time, took the coward's way out, as they say. And when I started doing research for that 
summer series, one of one of the shows that I did was did Hitler survive? And dude, I'm not so sure that he died mm-hmm. in that bunker anymore. They're so for all the circumstantial evidence that there is that he died, there's tons more that he lived. It's all circumstantial. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people have been convicted on circumstantial evidence. Yes. Um, and they even, uh, I say they, who was it? Was it the History Channel? I think it was a History Channel did a freaking, a whole entire series. I think it was 10 or 12 shows on, did Hitler <laughs> survive World War Two? Did he make it? They had a freaking <clears throat> team of like, federal uh, some dude was a federal marshal some there's some guy from the fbi that was ahead of the group and he had some military people and reporters and stuff i mean people who were you know like heavy duty who they track down people for a living and stuff and they tracked movements Mm -hmm. from the bunker all the way to argentina and we already know that there Mm -hmm. was at least three quarters of the Nazi party of the higher ups anyway that was living in Argentina, right. you know. So why is it such a big stretch that Hitler made it there too? Well, it habeas corpus, habeas corpus, right? Exactly. It, you know, no body, no crime. They don't have a body from where he killed himself in the bunker either. Right. They had a, so a skull fragment with a bullet hole in it that turned out to be a female. So is it is it possible? Yeah. I think the first thing that I, that I want to ask about is that, okay, the Israeli Secret Service was all over getting Nazi war criminals during the post-war period. If they could have bagged Hitler, that would have been the biggest coup that the fledgling state of Israel could have ever done. Well, right? Yeah. Sure. So... If Hitler had lived, don't you think the Israel Secret Service would have been all over that like shit on stink? Don't you think that the FBI would have been all over that like shit on stink? Don't you think that Stalinist Russia would have been on it like shit on stink? Why did why did why did Stalin lie? Because Stalin was paranoid of everything. Because Stalin was Stalin, yeah, but. Yeah, I I always say this. You have to when you're talking about conspiracy theories or anything paranormal or whatever, anything mysterious, you have to talk about two things. You have to talk about possibilities and you have to talk about probabilities. And you have to ask yourself the two questions. Is it possible? And the answer to that is always yes, cuz mm-hmm. I think anything's possible. So you have to ask yourself number one, is is it possible? Yes. And then you have to ask yourself, is it probable? And that's, if you can't say that it's probable, then it probably doesn't exist, right? But is it is it possible that he survived and lived in Argentina? Yes, it's possible. Is it probable? I don't know. Do you th- would you I'm agree really that not sure. Was a megalomaniac? I, yes, I would agree that Hitler was crazy as hell. Um, Do you think he would have lived out his life in pastoral comfort? That is where I have problems with the theory, is that he was so power hungry, and he had, 
you know, this whole, I mean, he had Germany in the palm of his hand. He could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. And he believed he was right in what he was He doing. believed that he was the savior of Germany. And in a lot of ways, he was. Because he was so evil and fucked up and crazy, he doesn't get credit for all the good things that he did for Germany, such as the Autobahn. Hitler's regime is responsible for building the Autobahn. Volkswagen. Yes, he had a hand in the development of the Volkswagen. You know, so he did some good things for Germany. Um, but unfortunately, all the bad stuff that he did far outweighs any, any of the good stuff. Yeah. And, he, and it, it, it always overshadows it. He's never going to get credit for it. But there's the, there's the problem that you brought up that I have with just the one thing that keeps me from saying, yes, I 100% positively believe that he lived in Argentina after the war, was that he was so maniacal and power-hungry, you know, that why would he just go and live his life in obscurity from, you know, the middle of 1945 all of the way up until, I think, 60-whatever when he died. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about 20-something years. Why would he just go do that? Unless... He was sick, mm -hmm. which he was. He had Parkinson's disease. At least that's what they think. And if you look at the, the some of the video, the last videos that were shot of him, his his hand was shaking and everything. So maybe you know, maybe he was just so feeble. He was he was in a horrible health anyway. Mm -hmm. He he was a vegetarian and he didn't eat right. His teeth were all rotten. He was fucked up on drugs. Just the amount of drugs this dude had in his system would rival that of Elvis Presley. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, and speaking of Elvis Presley, do you believe the, in the conspiracy theory that Elvis Presley is still alive? Or that he didn't die in 70, whatever? Yes, I do. He's living in a nursing home right now <laughs> in Texas under an assumed name, and he's defending the world against mummies. Mummies, yeah. Bubba Hotel. <laughs> Which is a really funny movie, too. You should watch it. If anybody, I own that movie. It's great. If, if anybody is a fan of you know, um, Bruce Campbell, yes. you really need to see The that Chin. Movie. Yes. Well, yeah, it, Elvis is alive and living on an island with Jim Morrison and Somebody yeah. else. Somebody else. Somebody yeah. else. <laughs> JFK. 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 There JFK. you go. Yeah, we're, I'm not even going to get in JFK no, conspiracy. No, I mean so, we've got we've got an autopsy on Elvis. We do have an autopsy on Elvis, but you know what? The the number one. Well, there's actually two things that people point to as Elvis is still alive. Number one, and these are in no particular order. There's only two. So, number one is that the body of Elvis in the coffin didn't look like. Elvis. It, hmm. it. I mean, if you've seen the picture, uh, somebody from one of the rag national rag magazines, you know, um, actually snuck in there with a camera and was like, you know, hmm. took a picture, or, or maybe it was no, it wasn't. It was somebody one of the national rag magazines paid like a cousin of his or something to go in there and do it. That's, hmm. that, but it, it looks like. To me, it looks like Elvis, but it doesn't look like the Elvis of the 70s. It looks more like the Elvis from, like, maybe the 60s or, or, or whatever, you know. Um, and 
you can only see just a little bit of his face. But right. the people who were actually there and saw him say that it looked very waxy, not real, um, not like well, a real body know, like Elvis. That's what so, happens when you're dead. Yeah, exactly. And so one of the theories with that is that um, Elvis's dad had actually gone to a wax museum and bought a wax replica of Elvis and put it in the coffin. Um, and there is a record. There is yes. See, y'all need to see my face right now. It's kind of like I'm looking at it like, huh? And there is there is a record uh, of of this happening where his dad went and bought a wax replica before Elvis died, and supposedly uh, he said, uh, "Boy, you wouldn't believe what we're going to do with this," you know. <laughs> and but. In the in in defense of of well not in defense but it, to argue that is that it, that's what happens when you die you don't look real I mean they yeah, put all the I pancake mean, makeup on you and all yeah, that you, Elvis you was sick like as shit he was he he had you know he uh, a bowel obstruction he had all kinds of of white poo and it was white like clay in his colon so that tells you he had liver problems. Every organ in his body was twice the size of what it should be. His diet was horrible. He was taking a cocktail of opioids, and uh, he would and he would take downers to go to sleep, uppers to get up. He had all these opioids in his system. Uh, opioids and downers will do what to your gastric motility? It'll slow them down. down. So he got freaking impacted. No surgeon in Memphis would operate on him because they were too scared that something would happen and he would die. So he had this big impaction that needed surgery. And, you know, they did... He was sick. Mm -hmm. He was bloated and fat and sick. And then they did an autopsy and cut his ass open. So... And not to mention the fact that before he even got transported to the hospital, he was found in the bathroom, face down on the floor, on and the had room. and had been there for a few hours before they found him. So you're going to have lividity's going to sit in. You're going to have rigor mortis that's going to start sitting in, and you're not going to look good. The body's not going to look good. So of course it didn't look like him. Of yeah. course, the funeral home did what they could do. And the second theory, and this is probably the most popular, is that Elvis's name is misspelled on his tombstone. Did you know this? No, I didn't. That's know. A very. I'm surprised. That's a very How popular. Did they that? Ah, but they didn't. So, Elvis is spelled correctly. His name was Elvis Aaron Presley. Yes. Elvis is spelled correctly. Presley spelled correctly. The Aaron is misspelled. On his birth certificate. And even in documents that he signed throughout his life, Aaron was spelled with only one A. Mm -hmm. On his tombstone, Aaron has two A's. A-A-R-O-N. Mm -hmm. So, conspiracy theories theorists point out to Elvis deliberately misspelled his own name on the tombstone because he didn't want to foreshadow. He, he, you know, he was such a... He believed he was an... He, believed in astrology and he was very superstitious he didn't want to spell his name correctly because he thought that would foreshadow him actually dying mm -hmm. so conspiracy theorists go aha his name is misspelled he did that on purpose 
he's not really dead. He's living on the desert island with Jim Morrison, JFK, you know. But you go back and you say, uh-oh, oops, why I did that? Oh, there we go. Okay, little glitch, sorry. So you, you go back and and you say, well, he misspelled his name, you know. But you look at records and you find out that before he died, he started spelling his middle name A-A-R-O-N. And he even told his dad, I'm going to start spelling my middle name A-A-R-O-N. And I don't know why he started doing that. What What's the big deal about that? But even though that's not how it's spelled on his birth certificate, that's how he started signing his middle name right. when he was signed Elvis Aaron Presley. So that's how they put it on his tombstone because that's how the way he, he wanted that's the way he wanted his right. name to be spelled. So they didn't go back to his birth record. They just That's the way it was Elvis. Elvis and that's right. the way he wanted it. Right. So yeah. It's good enough for me. Yeah. So I just shot down that whole conspiracy theory right there. You know, there's there's really a third thing that you have to include when you're analyzing conspiracy theories. It's not only probability or possibility, but you also have to analyze motive. What is the motive behind people who promote conspiracy theories? Have you ever asked yourself that? I think the majority of it is they just want their name out there. Gives them their 15 minutes or whatever. Is there a pattern to the type of people who espouse conspiracy theories? Well, most of the time they're really weird. Well, most of the time they're really weird. Is it, do people have a sense of disenfranchisement with, mm. so, with something in society that they feel that there's a secret out there and you're being kept from it because you're not in the group? Or, in the case of Elvis, for example, do people not want to believe he is dead because he meant so much to them and they just don't want to accept the fact? Is there in, in the case of Elvis, I think that's true. Is is there something in the... Well, he'd be dead now anyway, so it doesn't... So is so Hitler, yeah. so... Well, okay. This may be on tangent right here, but... Have you ever noticed in the public media nowadays, movies or or whatnot, that there is a trend to have stories where the government is completely corrupt and ineffective and it is falls upon one lone hero who is outside of the system to set things right? Most of the time, it's the television reporter themselves. Tune in tonight for our investigative reporter, Steve Smith, as he breaks this down. You know, it's fear-mongering, dude. It's fear-mongering. That's what the the media has been doing for decades, is fear-mongering. But it's also, my point is that I'm trying to make, is that it's also a very popular story contrivance. That, that that was not the right word. Con- Have con- some more of this root beer. Yes. <laughs> Trope, I think, is the word that I'm looking for. You know, it just, it's, 
It, because everybody buys it. Mm-hmm. Everybody believes, oh yeah, that's completely possible. You know, because the government is completely inept. Because the government has been completely inept for at least the past decade. Longer than that. <sighs> and, you know, it makes perfect sense to us that the government would be doing its own nefarious plots and or would be completely ineffective at neutralizing a threat or achieving a goal or anything like that and it falls back upon our hero who is outside of the system and is not really a hero because he doesn't play by the rules or anything like that to go out and save the day. I mean, that's the entire theme of the current rage in, in our public media right now in all the superhero movies that are coming out. All or that is true. TV shows. Yeah. You know, this is this is a mythology that we're, we're telling ourselves in our stories to ourselves every day. Is that you know, the government is can't do it or they're trying to hide something from us. The conspiracies are there's a deeper level than that, I believe. I think there's something about whether we're succeeding in our lives or whether we're being able to make it in this society or not. If you're not making it or if you're struggling to make it, but you see that other people are, that makes you feel that they're part of a clique or a group or they have something that you don't and you're not allowed in that group. The Illuminati. The Illuminati. So the question becomes, what is that group? You know, is it really really that much of a leap to go to a conspiracy theory? I I think it's a really easy leap to jump to. Well, I've got a, a, a friend of mine. His name is Isaac Weishaupt. He does a, he's an author, and he's also, he also does a podcast. It's called, uh, oh God, it's some sort of long freaky name. Oh, I'm so sorry, Isaac, I can't remember what the name of your freaking podcast is. Something to do with conspiracy theories. Uh, I'm sorry, dude, (laughs) I can't remember. I had it in my head, and now it's gone. Uh, He's big time into the Illuminati thing, and his... You've mentioned it before. Yeah. uh, The Illuminati, as far as he's concerned, is a Mm catch-all for a big conspiracy theory. Is this this to do with the Beyonce, Jay-Z? Yes, 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 yes. His thing is that the Illuminati basically control the entertainment industry, i.e., especially the music industry, and he's written several books on the subject. And uh, he has a, like I say, he has a podcast. Uh, and some of the things that he mentions, and he's written several books. I've only read uh, one of them. Um, it's called Magic Behind the Mic. Mm-hmm. And it, it, actually, I've read two of them. I take that back. Magic Behind the Mic was the second one. We're looking at our books or CD yeah, collections. Yeah, where is it? It's over there somewhere. Uh, the first one. Sorry about that. I had to go. It's called a grand unified theorist, a grand unified conspiracy theory, 
the Illuminati, Ancient Aliens, and Pop Culture. And it's written by my, my buddy, Isaac Weishaupt. And after, it, it, when you read this, this is like, uh, kind of like an overview of conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And when you read this, and you and you read his, his other book, Magic Behind the Mic, and you go to his website and you you read some of the things he talks about and the symbolisms and stuff. It's hard to not think, "Hey, he's right. Mm-hmm. He's onto something." And what really got me believing that he might be onto something was when I started noticing pictures of celebrities covering up one eye are making the triangle sign. And this whole thing with covering up one eye has something to do with the Illuminati and I can't I cannot remember exactly how it goes up in there. Symbolize the all seeing eye. I think probably that's what it is. I, I it's been a couple of years since I've read the books and I, I can't remember right off the top of my head. But it's I mean it's hard to not you know think, hey, he's he's on to something there. Um and then once you once you have your eyes opened mm-hmm. to that, then you start seeing it everywhere. It's really weird how how it works. Now, I had to say that I think he's really out there with a lot of the things that he believes in and everything, and I don't necessarily um, agree with all of his theories. But I think he is onto something. I do believe that he's onto something. So, do you think that I'm not? And, and I'm not going to use the term Illuminati because that's that's not what I'm talking about. But do you think that there is a a group that controls what's going on in the entertainment industry? In other words, if you want to be rich and famous, if you went. If you just was in your head, I want to be the next big pop star or rap artist or whatever, do you think that there's a group that says, okay, I will make you rich and famous, but you're going to have to do this for me. You're going to have to promote this symbolism for me. Yeah, it's called Coca-Cola. <laughs> Touche. Or McDonald's. Oh, or, you God, know, so I hate McDonald's. May they burn in hell. Not? <laughs> why not? But, you know... I... All right, I'm going to go here. All right. I don't know. Here we go. If if you are Latino and you are being put down, who are you being put down by? The white man. You don't have to have a conspiracy theory because, you know, you're being put down by the white man. It's pretty freaking obvious. If you are black and you are being repressed and you're being put down, do you need conspiracies to figure out who's putting you down? Nope. It's Mr. Whitey. It's pretty freaking obvious. Now, if you're white and you're being put down, who's to blame? Wait a minute. The Is government. White people? No, it's the government. They're doing the, the Illuminati. Conspiracy. Yeah. Yes. Dude. Dude, I think the, I th- the, people, the black... The people who are promoting conspiracy theories, number one, they're white. Number two, they may have a little bit of education, but not really a lot. Number three, they're figuring out, yes, they're pointing out the truth. Wake up, sheeple, because they are 
they see machinations that are keeping them from obtaining whatever in the world they want to obtain. You know, you have to look at motivation. And I just probably insulted just a hell of a lot of people (laughs) out there by saying that, but yes, I went there. You surely did. But it's, it's really important to think about that. You know, do you have a motive? Is there a reason why you happen to think the way that you think? You know, do you think that somebody is out there keeping you down with their thumb on you, keeping you from whatever destiny or whatever goal that you're trying to obtain? And you're yes. seeing ghosts out there and people after you? I mean, could it be rich people in corporate America that's keeping you down? Could it be the government that's trying to keep secrets from you? What is it? Ask yourself that question. I mean, I think it's really important that you consider that motivation as far as well as probability and possibility. Touche, sir. So, maybe I have to add a third question to my my list of two. <laughs> something to think about. Possibility, probability, and motive. It's actually something I never thought about, and it's very simple. So, well, we're running out of time. That about does it for uh, this edition of Parreality Radio. The, the grand return of the Sandman here with yeah, woohoo! So uh, I really appreciate you when I called you up and said, "Hey, I I, I, I got to get." motivated and everything here i want you to come on uh you didn't hesitate not a bit except for maybe a, a momentary second but no really i when, well when you told me i had to do it and then, that, that <laughs> and then well, i said yes <laughs> it, it makes the show more interesting yes, uh, when, yes when you do it when you do it nude um of course well i'm you should see what we're doing under the table with our feet. But, no, but in all seriousness, you know, you 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 didn't hesitate when I said I I need, I need to come back on, and I you know I need to I I need to come back on in a good and a positive way and have something interesting. And I you didn't hesitate, and I appreciate it. And uh, well, thank you, and thank all the listeners. Too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I hope that uh, um, you're gonna come back on again anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Done. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. Anytime. Co-host right here. Co-host. Oh, shit. Well, everybody, this has been my guest, scientist, medical professional, confirmed skeptic, Mr. John Harrison. If you'd like to get in touch with John about anything that we've, he's talked about tonight or have a question for him, want to leave him a comment, just come through me. Email me, sandman at parareality.com, and I will forward your email or your message on to Mr. Harrison. Just to keep you know his privacy intact, he has asked that I not to give out any of his personal information, and I, I do respect that. And uh, it's, it's a conspiracy. He doesn't want you to know how to get in touch with him. So, But seriously, if you uh, would like to uh, talk to Mr. Harrison, ask him a question... Have a comment for him. That's right. Just email me, sandman at parareality.com, and I will forward your comment, question, suggestion, whatever, on to Mr. Harrison. Everybody, that does it for tonight's episode of Parareality Radio. Um, normally, I have been, I've been doing it on the first Friday of every month. However, uh, 
This is not the first Friday of June. And the next episode of Parareality Radio is not going to be on the first Friday of July. But I am going to do one sometime within the first couple of weeks of July. I just don't know exactly when yet. But I will, after that, I will get back on some sort of a regular schedule and uh, have everything back to normal. So uh, on behalf of my guests, Mr. John Harrison, once again, thank you for being on Parareality Radio. I am going to uh, get the hell out of here and um, call it a night. Um, Everybody, I hope that this radio program opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then... Will you see the true power of the universe. Good night, everybody, and I will see you next month.